Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I'm filming today, the future of podcasts. I'm zooming. I'm zooming this interview and there's audio and video. So for the first time, if I get it all edited correctly, you'll be able to watch the entirety of this podcast uh, on YouTube as well as listening on Apple Music or wherever you might uh, listen to your podcast. Anyway, I want to start off by saying thanks to our sponsors, Narrator RF. Uh, they offer simple and affordable licensing on exceptional music for sync. For more information, go to narratorrf.com. And of course, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. Uh, and for any of your audio or restoration needs, go to pqmastering.com for more information. And Patrick is a lifesaver. He's helped me get... Uh, this podcast recording thing going and set up, I couldn't have done it on my own to be able to do it, uh, to do these phone interviews over the computer with decent quality audio. So, Patrick, thank you. I, I sure appreciate it. Um, well, things are things are kind of fucked up out there right now, obviously, um, for everybody. And um, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I hope... Obviously, this is not a good thing. People are dying, and, and safety is the most important thing. And, uh, you know, it's it's getting—it seems to be getting uglier by the day. But I'm trying to focus on the positives myself of quarantine. We're uh, four and a half weeks in. Allie and I moved into our new place here. You can see my studio if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, four weeks ago, and right as the quarantine and the shut-in was starting. So it was a weird time to move, but we've been able to get all moved in, get all the boxes unpacked, which is great. We've spent a lot of quality time together. Um, we watch a TV show at night. Um, we've been cooking. I feel like we've both become much better cooks than we were. I'm usually teaching till 8.30 or 9 on the weekdays, and she's up at... 6 a.m. to go teach or work at Starbucks, so um, our schedules don't align this much usually, so that's one positive thing is the quality time I'm getting to spend. Also, I'm spending a lot of time in the studio. I'm doing a lot of recording. Um, just finished up a Graceland cover that I'm excited about with a percussionist in town, Eric Lowe, and I've been checking out people's live streams. I've been doing live streams. It's been kind of fun to see the community come together in the way that it has. Um, but it, that that's maybe a short-term fleeting excitement. I know it's scary if you're a musician to think about where's your income going to come for the come from for the near future or even further out than that. Um, I, my band would be in Canada right now. We'd have played in Saskatoon tonight had the tour gone as planned. And I was really looking forward to going up and hanging out with our Canada family and we're not doing that and now I'm sitting here at our our dates that we booked in October our makeup dates wondering well hell are we gonna be able to do those now and I feel for big tours that aren't able to go out and and all the people who would be going to Red Rocks concerts or sporting events it's just sort of a weird thing but I hope I hope uh, you all are making the best of it with what you can I hope you haven't lost any loved ones I hope you haven't gotten sick and I hope you continue to stay safe. Anyway, enough of all that. What else? Uh, oh, I'll quick, quickly mention I'm releasing an EP on May 16th. Ellie and I decided to go as planned 
and not wait for the quarantine to be over uh, and just go for it. Or the shelter in place and just go for it. We're going to keep business as usual. So I've got an EP out on all, on all streaming platforms on May 16th. My guest today is Dan Cable. I've been a guest on his podcast two times in the past. And he called me and asked if I wanted to, to go on it again. And I said, well, I've been trying to interview you as well. So this is a collaborative podcast. Um, it's sort of we're using the interview. It's more of a conversation. He's asking me questions. I'm asking him questions. And he's going to air it on his podcast, Dan Cable Presents. And I'm going to air it on my podcast. You're listening to it, Middle Class Rockstar. Uh, Dan is a major influencer in the Portland Oregon music scene. He's had Dan Cable Presents forever. He has a million episodes. He's had uh, artists of all genres and shapes and sizes and uh, levels on. And he does it. He does it all the time. He keeps it going every single week. Uh, he's also involved in several other podcasts or a couple other podcasts, including Bible Buds with Andrew Harrison, who was on a recent episode of this podcast, also out of Portland. Uh, the two of them, Dan and Andrew, get together and they get high and talk about the Bible every week, and it's it's uh it's quite hilarious. I will say, you can't tell if they're poking fun at the at the stories or are deeply religious about the stories. It's just sort of uh, getting high and talking about it. So go check out Bible Buds if you're interested in that. But I've been I've been friends with Dan for a long time. Um, he set me up with a residency, a seven-night residency in Portland last February at Al's Den. And it's been great following his career and seeing what he's been doing. Um, like I said, he's a big influencer in the Portland scene. He does he does kind of a lot of different things. He's just a huge music enthusiast. And between his podcast and he was booking a lot of events for a while and helping people with their plan and their structure when they're getting ready to release something going out to live shows and just being the guy with the big red beard that everybody likes. He does it all. Uh, so I'm really excited to get him on the podcast. And like I said today, it's not it's not really an interview. It's a conversation because we're both airing this on our, on our respective platforms. So he's asking me questions. I'm asking him questions. We're shooting the shit. And it was a lot of fun. Our, my first cyber middle-class rock star podcast and and there will be a lot more coming up in the near future or uh, even more distant future depending on how things go but anyway without further ado let's jump in to my conversation with dan cable I have logic going right now. All I need this to guy do. has logic. He's got he logic. Has logic. I've got logic, He's and lo- now, yeah, and now we're screen recording. We're screen recording. All right, Did one, two, three. Cool. That should work. Yep, we're gonna be and we're screen recording and we're screen recording. And Dude. there's a slight delay, which is hilarious too, because I clapped and then you clapped, but it'll uh, line, maybe, it'll line up for editing. It's also possible that you know you're. You know, a seasoned musician, and maybe I was just out of time. You know, that's, I feel like that's that's like a pretty good possibility as well. Well, I told you we were going to do the clap in at one fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly, uh, I missed that memo. <laughs> well, how you uh, doing, man? Dude, I'm doing all right. Um, 
just, I don't know, hanging out. It's been like a year. So I was thinking about it. But the last time I saw you was when you came for the Owl's Den residency. And that was February of 2019 here in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Um, so that was the last time I actually saw you. I feel bad. I've made it to Colorado a couple times this last year, and they've just been like super short trips uh, seeing a buddy that had moved out there and didn't get a chance to uh, to link up with you. I know. I know. I, I, uh, I still want to, you know, hang out. And I want to take you around my town. Yeah, dude. I, I'm, I, <laughs> next next Colorado visit is just going to be to come see you. It, sh- it should be. And I think Portland and Denver are very similar cities in a lot of ways. It feels like at home to be in Portland. And it was funny when you were talking about coming out to Denver, uh, you said, well, what's something Denver that I can do? I was like, oh, you should hit up Voodoo Donuts. And you're like, dude, that's Portland. That's a <laughs> Portland thing. You guys just have one. Dude, what what about Twist and Shout Records, though, Twist dude? Twist and Shout that, Records, that's where it's at. We just went, I mean, before all this oh, happened. Dude, so good. Um, I, I think that in Portland, we're pretty spoiled with some great record stores. There's two of them that are, like, I'm always trying to decide which one is my favorite, and it's usually the one that I've been to most recently. That's a good problem. Just, both so good yep and uh yeah twist and shout really kind of that was up there for me that place kind of blew my mind i just really like the setup of it it's huge and they just have uh they have some really cool stuff there it's they they do i mean it's uh ali and i recently kind of restored our record collection you have been doing it again where we make a point to sit with the screen door open at night and listen to a record um, for us in the neighborhood, whether they like it or not. And so we've been, well, not in the last month, but right before this all started happening, we were running out to record stores. And when you go somewhere like Twist, it's uh, you can spend hours in there. Yeah, it's like a record store out of a movie, I feel like. Yes, yes. But I, you got you to gotta show me the uh, Portland record scene. Oh, man. We have... Second Avenue Records is downtown, and that place is really amazing. It's, uh, I think it's been there since the 80s, maybe a little earlier, but that place is wild because they don't have anything on, uh, like, they don't have a computer system. They do everything by hand still. I see. And, but if you just ask the people that work there where, like, if they have a record, they just know. They know where it is. It's incredible, dude. Like, oh, that record my cousin goes in there and it just asks him all these obscure about obscure jazz records sometimes. Yeah. And and he's just like, Oh yeah, we usually have like two copies over there and every once in a while one over there. Um yeah, we get them in pretty often. It's just like, what? How do you know everything in this store? And and just yeah, just mind blowing that they're just operating on this uh no computer technology to inventory this store still and uh well, it obviously I, works for them. It's it's crazy and I think to work at a record store I mean a lot of people are like, I like records, I'm a record fanatic. In order to actually work at a record store, I mean that's you have to have a doctorate in record listening. 
Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Um, and then we have Music Millennium, which is also amazing. That's on the east side. Um, pretty close to uh, that spot that we all had breakfast that morning with Andrew. And uh, who's the woman from that you knew from Colorado that was here playing with Ila Bamba? Uh, Julia. Julia, yeah. Julia Mendioleo, yep. She's still playing. Uh, she's still playing with them. Yeah, she is. And now my friend Isabel is yes. also playing in Ila Bamba. She was playing in it then. Uh, yeah. I guess. I guess maybe she was because she did the residency with me one night, and she. It was like. Oh, that's right. And she, because she didn't do the full leg of the tour, she was teaching or something. But she did like the Seattle and the Portland shows. Uh yeah, she's actually going to be next week's episode of the podcast. Yes. And her debut EP is coming out and it's so fucking good. It's it's really cool to see somebody take that much time before they put something out. Someone that's pl- been playing music as long as her is you get this first release that is just giant, pretty mu- polished and mature, you know, for right. a first release. It's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, I cannot say that about my first release or my third or second or fourth. Well, you you <laughs> just, you've time. been doing this a long time. It takes time, <laughs> and you didn't wait, right? You know, years to to finally lay something down. So, I mean, that's the other end of it is where you have all of this. Uh, progress that's documented over time which i think is really cool yeah it's 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 interesting they're interesting approaches and uh i think i'm really excited to hear what she comes up with because i i love her 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 singing and songwriting and we had so much fun together at the at the owl's den show and i've been following her on the socials since um so i'm excited to hear it um do you still like to play the songs from your first releases um, or do many of them even make it into the the sets these days? I don't know that I like it. Um, some of them still get <laughs> some of them still get requested. On my live stream a couple weeks ago, I had to uh, put the kibosh on any songs I wrote between the ages of sixteen and twenty two. I was just like, <laughs> "Stop! We're not gonna do we're not gonna do Mountain Town. We're not gonna do I sold my soul to Robert Johnson. You know, we're getting we're t- we've taken those out of the set list." <laughs> Those are no good anymore. No good, but and and that might be why people that have known me s- since then like to hear those. You know, just because I'm a a different artist now, and uh, they still want to hear those those old ones. I you know for whatever reason. I mean the the new ones especially. But it's fun on the live stream to say, hey, pull out pull out that old school stuff. You know, for nostalgia's sake sake. Yeah, I mean. It seems to go that way for for most artists and musicians, you know. Everybody always wants to hear the old stuff still, you know. I think that's the hard part yeah. about, you know, like creating some sort of career that has longevity, you know, to keep putting out things that people actually do want to listen to and not just want to hear the old stuff. Because, I don't know, you see that as time goes on, I think, with certain bands that are touring and they're still just only touring off of, things that they made 20 years ago or 10 years ago yeah and no one really cares that much when when they play the new stuff um the crowd is you clearly not that attentive maybe that's the time where they go to the bar they're just kind of talking 
but then but then you have the bands that just their fan base is just incredibly loyal and trusting in whatever they're going to put out next and they know all the words to every record so it's I don't it's, know. It's wild to see. It's interesting. I think a lot about this, and and you can play a lot of games of would you rather with your musician friends, right? Is, um, the, I I think about bands that the odds are so stacked against them if they put out anything new and when they put out new things because nobody cares. Like, um, everybody still loves the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones are amazing. One of the greatest yeah. bands ever. They put out a, a new album of all originals. They're, I mean, they're going to make millions of dollars off of it because they're the Stones, but people aren't going to go to their show and want to hear those songs. People don't want to hear... I mean, Billy Joel hasn't released anything since, like, 98 or something for that reason. He's like, he, he's got all this stuff, and that's what people want to hear. Right. But that can be torch, that can be torturous, too, and, and there are those artists that are not on that level, but right. they're selling out 1,000, 2,000-seat rooms, and their fan base is with them all the way. And I almost think in some ways that might even be more rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's cool to see an artist that can keep the attention of the audience. Uh, and, and, uh, where everybody's stoked that they're playing the new stuff as well. Well, do you think there's a correlation between somebody who, getting too much attention off the bat means that there's a ceiling right or you know if you get oh, a t- absolutely as opposed to somebody who gradually moves up can sort of keep their people yeah man i mean i think that's also uh i think that's true and i think that um i think it's harder for those people that just gain immediate success that overnight success because maybe you weren't actually ready for it as an artist or a a musician you know the the person that within their first 20 songs one of them becomes that big hit and then it's just like yeah i wasn't even i've only been playing music for a year or two you know i wasn't ready to you know have all these these musical chops and this like sense of direction for what i should do with my career from now on you know it defines them as an artist when they don't know themselves as an artist yeah where the bands that like kind of i feel like maybe have a lot of that middle class success in some ways um Mm -hmm. i feel like you know a lot of those more independent bands the ones that also maybe don't have to have their their direction compromised so much and they don't have to you know work with so many producers and other songwriters maybe that they don't want to work with and more just thrown in a room with right it seems like a lot of those bands those bands have those kind of loyal fan bases that do want to hear that next record um I don't know. I follow a decent amount of bands in that world. I would say one that maybe I've brought up on my podcast a lot. Um, and, and just a band that I love is, is this band thrice and, um, like a post rock band that has been around for 20 years or so now, maybe a little more. And I don't know, it's just really cool to go to those shows and, and you, you show up and they play 
you know, they're going to play four to six songs off that new record. They don't give a fuck. They're going to play that shit. And, and then most of the people in that room, they're going to know all the words to those songs still too. And that, that shit is fun to see because everybody is still really hyped too. And when we get to hear the songs off those early records too, and it's just kind of this thing where usually I'll end up going with my, my buddy Bert, shout out to my buddy Bert, man. Like he's, he's my, like my thrice ride or die concert buddy. And yeah, I just remember going like the last time he was like, dude, what do you, what do you want them to play tonight? And I was like, I don't give a fuck, dude. I'll, I'm down for any song in this catalog. So like, it's, it's kind of fun to go to shows like that too, where you don't have any expectations for what they're going to play. And it's just like, yeah, I just want to hear whatever you guys want to play. Cause I'm down for it all. You don't need to hear their free bird. You just, you're going to love, yeah. you're going to love their first record. You're going to love the most recent record for different reasons. And, and in that, and in that, those cases, it's, you truly have fallen in love with, um, you've truly fallen in love with the artist in their brand. You know, that's what you're, um, it's not, you're no, you're not falling in love with the song. You've, you've fallen in love with, this individual or this band and what they do and no matter what they do you're still gonna dig it um and that's a that's a real fan i think if that you've made yeah it's uh for sure i mean i hope that i don't like i'm yes i'm probably going to like anything or most of what they put out i hope i don't like anything that i wouldn't like i shouldn't like (laughs) i guess i don't know just because i'm a fan right um, but like thus far, I just feel like it's, it's not even just me. It's like the, the fan base for this, this band all like agrees, like the majority agrees that like, Hey, we're all on board with this new shit, yeah. you know? And, and we're all here to see that too. Um, where, you know, I've, and I'll go see some other bands that, you know, maybe have put out a couple of records the last 10 years, but most of the people you go that are going to those shows are there to see them play the old stuff. And then it does get to those like very non-attentive moments, you know, those bathroom moments go to the bar moments of like when the new songs are being played. So, right. Right. But you know, hopefully people are just making the records they want to make. Hopefully that's what, what you're doing over there with, with your, with your new jams. I, I'm I'm sitting in the producer chair for the first time and doing a lot of the recording at home too. So it's, uh, I mean, doing a lot of it in the studio, but a lot at home. And it's been a lot of fun to sit down um, and write and arrange horn parts and write and arrange vocal parts and sit at home with a guitar solo for three hours and really get it right, not paying a dollar a minute. Um, and uh, no, it's been cool because we can dial it in with the band and, and then take it take it home and work with it. But I... I feel better about this stuff than anything I've done because I've gotten really involved with the recording process and really involved with the production kind of for the first time. I didn't really understand, or I, I, I didn't really have an appreciation for production, but I've spent a lot of time in logic over the last couple of years, uh, went back and, uh, studied, uh, music for film and television, arranging for an orchestra for a little over a year, um, through Berkeley online. And I've just been, in it on the on the production level and i'm really excited yeah, about the stuff for that reason on the previous records had you worked with producers on those yeah uh so chris daniels produced reasons for departure which came out in 2018 and he did a phenomenal job um he's a 
he's uh was a professor of mine in college actually a music business professor but he's been in the scene forever and has toured all over the world with chris daniels and the kings um and then the engineer produced my first two records and my third record was by my buddy nick clark so it i mean i think right away i didn't even wasn't even really aware of the role of a producer so we just like let's make a record you know and yeah uh, the engineer was great and knew what he was doing so naturally he was gonna produce it um i think right around the time you came here was when you were just getting going with that um that program you did at berkeley yeah um what inspired you to want to do that i've always been really into movie music um i've always loved listening to orchestra soundtracks um and I just think the melodies are great and all the counter melodies working within each other. It's really advanced. It's really cool. And I'm fascinated by how music has a very clear emotion. You can do a chord progression, you know, like a minor one to a four chord, and it sounds spacey. You know, there's there's certain music theory things that are that define an emotion. And beyond that, a lot of great film composers have defined the emotion themselves. Um, and so now people associate that emotion with the composer's music that he made for it. And to me, that's that's fascinating. So I, I did it for that reason. What I didn't expect was to um, fall in love with the art of production. And that's, that's really what I've gotten out of it is... I go listen to records now and try to hear exactly how they're made um, as opposed to write a song and and then just go record it with the band. Um, so it's, it's opened me up musically a lot, I should say. Yeah, do you find yourself kind of maybe just checking out records just by producer too, like finding a certain producer and then just kind of going through their catalog rather than checking out records by band? Yeah, I'm... I'm starting to a little bit. I've been, uh, I listen to, you know, records by artists that I really like, you know, but if I go get three Chuck Prophet records or three Anders Osborne records or Jason Isbell records, for instance, and he's been getting produced by Dave Cobb, and you're like, okay, what else has this guy produced? Holy shit. And then is there a theme here? Does he, I mean, and, and these great producers, they have trademarks, but at the same time, they do what's best for the artist style and i i think that's so cool yeah absolutely it's it's interesting to see producers that have just worked with tons of different bands and and to see the mark that they put on records and and that sound that seems to like be this through line on each record in some way uh, absolutely it's it's awesome and i've i've produced a few tracks for other artists now as well in the last few months and that's just been that's a fascinating thing to do. I love it. Yeah, what's that what's that experience been like for you? Do you feel like you're you're trying to approach each artist differently or or is there like some sort of model that you're bringing into it well before interacting with them? I think I'm figuring that out as I go. Um I I don't know that I could do any genre right now. I don't know that I would be a great producer on a hip-hop record um but with singer songwriters and rock and roll and stuff i um, mean americana music 
um, the stuff that I like, I, I feel like I can do a good job of it. In terms of my process, I, I want the artist to, I want to bring out who the artist is as a as an artist. Um, but what I've done for these several tracks is sat down, they play me iPhone demos. I say, okay, we let's try X, Y, and Z with the lyrics. Let's try X, Y, and Z with the form. Once we get that put together, I take it home and I record everything uh, myself at home. I just demo it just to sit in within the song, whether it's a drum beat or a, a bass line or a guitar organ. I just kind of structure it together, and then we sit down with it from there and say, well, what works? What do we need to add? What do we need to take away? And, you know. And I'm and I'm learning every day. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's the cool thing about you kind of producing in your lane right now, like in that singer songwriter rock and roll, like bluesy rock area. Is that you know you can go home and do something like that. You're a super capable musician, and I would imagine that's where you can offer the most right now too Absolutely. to someone else. So um, when it comes to actually recording those songs are you finding yourself <clears throat> playing a lot then on on the records as well yes i i have been and i think that's my strength at a, as a producer at this point um less less in the engineer lane although i'm getting better some producers are doing all of the engineering um but it's the instrumental thing in the in the musical thing and so there's been songs where i'm just in the band you know if we're cutting it live and i'm the guitar player um, but then there's been stuff where I'm layering in a lap steel and an organ and a piano. And I know that's fun to be able to bring that to the table. Hell yeah, dude. That's, um, you feel like that's informing your own songwriting too? Like all of those experiences? A hundred percent. You, well, I, I've really noticed when I fall into a hole form wise or style wise, not, not a hole, but, um, where I'm able to categorize myself a little too well. Like, hey, I'm doing this in all of my songs. And by producing this track, these tracks for somebody else and analyzing these tracks, they do this other thing that's different, that's cool, form-wise, whatever. And so I, I learn from them and, and how they do things, and it sort of changes my own approach as a, as a writer and composer as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's rad, man. It's cool that you're leaning into that stuff. I, and I don't know, you just, uh, you just strike me as somebody that's just going to continue to, uh, add more tools to the, to the belt, you know, like over time now you're, now you're becoming like more of that producer role and like learning more about the engineering side, which is obviously going to be like an incredible tool for you moving forward. I think if I just keep, trying to get better and better at my craft in every way that I can, eventually uh, something good will happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope, man. That's the hope. What's up? At least, oh, go at ahead. least you know you're fucking going for it, you know, and, and yeah. trying to do those things to move the needle forward and whatnot. Absolutely. And even if I don't know how to move the needle forward, uh, doing something uh, will at least inspire that in some way, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. So I remember last time uh, we were we were ch well we've chatted a couple times on the phone, but we were hanging out in Portland. We went to this great sub shop. Was it Charles 
Char- Charlie's Deli. Charlie's dude. Deli. It's a fucking sleeper of Portland. Uh huh. Sandwiches no. right there. No, yeah. there was nobody in there. Uh, the yeah, it's the a sleeper. Four times I went that week, and uh, <laughs> but we went there and had some lunch. Oh, and it was yeah. it was real cool. And I remember we were we were talking. You've been a big influencer in the Portland scene for a long time. Uh, management Ooh. podcast. You just you're there. You're everybody knows Dan. Whenever I meet somebody from Portland, <laughs> they know who you are. Um, so you're doing something right. But I remember in our conversation, you were sort of reconsidering who you want to be in the scene, how you want to be in the scene. Um, where do you stand right now with all that? Oh man, the ever changing, the ever changing. Uh, you know, question. I feel like I'm yeah. just like oh, I feel like I'm trying to always analyze that in some way just to you know do some inventory on what i'm uh what i'm about and like what's actually working and like what's worth the energy but um obviously right now there's no there's no shows to be booking or promoting or anything like that yeah Um, right so i think when i first started doing the podcast my intention was to just do this podcast and uh and then I started meeting a lot of people and um, having so many bands come through and, and just kind of starting to see like bills or lineups of bands that I would want to see in, in a night. And it was just like, you know what, I should just try to put something together. And I did that a few times and it was pretty cool. And I started doing it more and more. And I think that is the thing that will burn me out the quickest is trying to put together those live events. Yes. So what I had settled on before all this went down is that I think maybe what I need to do to still enjoy doing that aspect of things is, is maybe just throwing one to two events each year and focusing on those two things instead of trying to throw I don't know, 10 to 15 events every year, right. you know? And his, I don't know, booking things is exhausting in itself. The communication that it takes to make things happen is um, can be difficult. But I think the biggest thing for me is that doing this on an, on the local level where it's it's still like pretty hit or miss on how many people are going to show up to to an event even if you have some banging lineup especially here in portland we have so many music venues now that sometimes getting that that friday or saturday night at the venue that you want isn't always a sure thing anymore it's just like you got to start considering hey maybe i should have the best show on a wednesday night because there's going to be less competition and things like that right but the thing is is just that i i rode high for a while on on having pretty successful shows in the beginning yeah and then i hit i hit a rut with it or maybe not even a rut but where it was just became a little more inconsistent where it'd be like i have like a really great turnout and then maybe the next time i have not a good turnout and then i have another two great turnouts and then a dud here and there and um you know i i i had a couple nights where I really fucking went for it and put out some guarantees for bands in a bill that I really believed in, and and I lost my ass one night. Sorry, I'm getting all fucking tangled up over here on my <laughs> in my my mic situation, but I just had a couple of those nights that kind of like 
emotionally drain me. And I think also when I put my name in front of somebody and I'm putting together a bill, I feel responsible in some way that about the turnout and what that is. Right. Even though it should be like a pretty equal thing amongst the bands, especially at the level that I'm usually dealing at with, you know, where it's just like, Hey guys, like, yeah, it's rad that I have this podcast to promote the show every week for the next month or two. But also this doesn't really necessarily equate to 50 to a hundred people showing up to this show. You know, like if 10 to 20 people show up that listen to this podcast, like that's a win, you know? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's gotta, gotta be like the group effort thing, but it's also, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, that can be emotionally draining on me because I feel, I do feel responsible. So on the nights where it isn't a great turnout, I don't feel great. Like it's a, it's a, yeah, it's uh so it's just a little draining. So I've kind of figured that part out and it's just like, Hey, like, let's just dial it back then and maybe focus on doing these one to two events so that I can put the other energy into shit that I actually enjoy doing. Right. And it's still doing like the number one thing is still like doing this podcast. I still love doing this podcast and I love it so much that I have, you know, one and a half other podcasts now, you know? So it's, yeah, it's like, um, so yeah, I think I've, I've kind of like assessed what's important and I'm, and I'm not really doing any of the artist management brother, not brother went on hiatus, which was, and, um, I'm kind of helping another buddy do, do some release work. I think I'm like definitely about like helping people, you know, work on release stuff and, and help them and consult with them in some way on things like that. I think that's where, like, I love those meetings. Those meetings are fun. I like being in the room for those types of things. Um, I had the pleasure of, uh, helping Isabeau, uh, plan some, uh, just some release, some press stuff. And, uh, like, I don't know, just, just, uh, being thought of even in that way by people is, is very cool for me still, because I'm like, this is all just fucking, I started this to have fun and to just get to know the artists that I really dug in this town and it's become so much more. So, yeah. I, I think there's something really cool about what you are and in, in, in who you, uh, who you are and what you do, excuse me. Um, it's most people in the music industry or most people that I run into, or most people that are doing things online are musicians that are trying to draw traction for themselves. Of course, of course. That, yeah, that for sure. Me. It's your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's your, that's your business, man. It's your business. You have to. And, uh, you came in to the business to meet people because you're a fan of music and because you wanted to spread the good word of music. And that's genuinely what genuinely what you're trying to do. You're not saying that in hopes that somebody will subscribe to your channel, right? And, and you can show them your music. You are a music enthusiast first and foremost, and that makes you just a great person to be around a great resource for musicians and a great person to know. Um, and, and like I said earlier, an influencer in the scene because you're everywhere, you're a fan and, and you really are, you're not just going out on, on a a Friday night so that your friend will come see your band. You're, you're there because you, you love it and you want to be there. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. I can't say it's all like, you know, that there's no selfish aspects to it. You know, I'm obviously like trying to build my own podcast brand too, in hopes that like I can 
take this to a different level and so that it maybe provides some financial, you know, like to figure out how to monetize it in some ways to keep it sustainable, mm-hmm. you know, to, just to allow more energy to be put in into it. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just been so cool. Like I never thought I would be this part, like have any role in, in a community, like a music community in a, in like in a city, you know, like a cool city, quote unquote you know a very like, cool city and like i i was never i've never been a part of like this deep into a community and i still don't know half the people in it like it's it's a because it's always growing and changing and you know how bands are always breaking up you know there's so, so many of the bands that have been on this podcast over the last four years don't even exist anymore you know it's like it's it's a ever-changing thing but it's uh I don't know, man. It's cool. And I, yeah, I love, I just always love to get to see somebody perform before I get to have them on the podcast. Cause it's always going to inform the conversation differently. If I get to see how it's done live, you know, and ca- like, I think you catch so much different stuff when you get to see a performer do their thing rather than just hear the record. Right. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, how many episodes yeah, are you on now? Oh, you're going to be episode 210 here this week. Coming out on so, Friday? Coming out on fri- Friday, episode 210. Fucking doing it, bud. You're going to be 35, I think. I'll have to double check that. Nice. I've been doing uh, it every other week, and I had a season break for about three months, so dude, I'm behind. Every other week is so smart, and I, I in some ways, wish that that's how I kept it, but... um. Yeah, I've been doing that every week for a long a long time and uh it's cool, man. Um what is uh how have you been enjoying hosting a podcast and facilitating these conversations with with uh with musicians? Middle class rock star is the podcast. Middle we're class doing this, rock star. We're doing this crazy like crossover thing, so I don't I'm just trying to make sure your your end is informed as rather as well as mine and, and, on and this thing. My end is going to inform your end, but your podcast <laughs> is Dan Cable Presents. <laughs> um, but yeah, like what is it, what has that experience been like for you? Well, it's, I l- absolutely love doing it. Um, I got a little burnt out towards the end of the first season because I was really, I was rushing to get the episodes done. You're like, oh crap. I, it was really good for me to set the deadline and do it. Um, and the first 10, 10 episodes were the trial run. If I if I couldn't commit to 10 episodes, it wouldn't happen. Now I'm in a routine, and it's you just do it. Um, but I love doing it. I love sitting. I love being the interviewer, and it's great. I, I'm having conversations. I'm learning great things about the industry. I get to sit down with friends that... Uh, we normally wouldn't see each other. You and I live across the country, um, and even friends in Denver who we wouldn't necessarily call each other up to grab lunch because we live on the other side of town and we're busy. It's an excuse to get together and hang out. That aspect I love. I think I can do some things better, though. Um, I think I need to do a better job on the promotion front. I want to get it out to more people. And maybe that's honing in on talking to people in a certain genre or, you know, right oh, now dude. it's 
it's all kinds of artists. It's all kinds of music biz people. It's not a music business podcast. It's not a human interest podcast. It's it's right. sort of all over the place. And I've I've kind of been thinking, how can I hone it in a little bit and really grow the audience steadily in a better way than I've been doing? You're right, dude. Uh, this is this is my been in my brain a lot lately. I was thinking about this last night about is that where. Am I not approaching this in a good way because I've kept it spread out genre-wise? And sometimes I'll hit these pockets where it's singer-songwriters for four or five weeks, or and then it's four or five weeks of hip-hop and rap. And, and yeah, maybe like maybe that's where I'm losing people a little bit, you know? But also, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm also about... This is all the different kinds of music that I enjoy and like too so i'm like i don't don't necessarily want to limit it in that way either but but i'm also have been thinking about that a lot if i hey maybe i should just zero in on singer songwriter and rock and roll and indie rock and things of that nature and and try to keep it all in that pocket but i don't know then i feel like i'm missing out on something or something like that yeah, it's weird. You want to keep it broad so you don't miss out on anything, and at the same time, it, it, it seems like you got to make it smaller to expand the audience. But you you look at some podcasts, like, of course, the classic example, Joe Rogan or WTF. They're so huge they can talk to whoever the hell they want. Yeah, because the guests have the name too. Yes. I mean, I think for both of those guys and, and a lot of successful podcasts at this point where, like, you know, Rogan – and Mark Marin can kind of bring on whomever they want at this point. They're going to have an audience. Right. Um, because of who they are. Just because of who they are. Um, but I, I don't know. Even Marin will say sometimes, hey, I know that we're getting a lot of new listeners this week because of this guest that's on the podcast. And and that's very much the, the case with my podcast. You know, like the, the bigger episodes is because I drew a bigger name. Yep. You know, and uh, which is really great. But uh, I don't know. I think that's where my struggle is because um, people like that and other podcasts that I listen to have been such a big influence on this. And the reason I wanted to do it is because I wanted to, you know, just connect with a bunch of different people that are playing a bunch of different kinds of music and I think that just brings a bunch of different perspectives in, hopefully. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I, and I mean, as far as branding's concerned, everybody knows. Everybody knows that beard. Everyone knows that Daryl beard. <laughs> Dude, I got. I don't know. You, your I, podcast is known in, in all genres. My, my buddy has challenged me to maybe lose the beard for the for the uh, sake of the the COVID, the coronavirus, because they're encouraging. I've heard that they're encouraging people with big beards that it's not a great idea to have that during this time. Oh, for what, germs? Yeah, I guess they're like using a mask isn't as effective, I guess, with the beard in the way. I see. So I don't know. This might be the time, man, where I just fucking go mustache. Dude. I haven't seen my face in years. You know what would have been good for my podcast is if you shaved your beard on it. 
Like Whoa. if you did it like right now, you know? I I'm gonna have to do that. Like that's gonna have to be its own video that I do <laughs> for my for my YouTube channel, the yeah. shaving of my beard. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend's gonna be pissed. <laughs> you have a girlfriend. I do, I do. That likes beards. Yeah, yeah. She does. I'm I'm pretty sure that was a part of the I don't think I think she would be none too stoked if she came to my house and I just had a mustache. Do you think maybe she doesn't even know if she's attracted to your face yet? Oh, I don't even know. I I told her that it's probably not a good idea that anyone sees my face. Like I like <laughs> I said, I I haven't seen it in years. You know. Yeah. So when did when when did how long have you had that thing? Oh man, I don't know. I feel like I've had a pretty large beard since the age of 25 so about almost 10 years now it's impressive um but i don't even know like like the last time i i trimmed it down really short i was just every time i do that it's i'm just very usually very disappointed in myself so i just i just don't think it's beneficial for anyone (laughs) or my self-esteem so it's it's hey man (laughs) if i if i could i would that's why I say about people <laughs> with great beards. If I could, I would. <laughs> so, you, yeah, I, I, I you, you're finding your finding your footing in the scene and always analyzing what to do next in the podcast. It, it's a segue for me. I want to ask you about your other podcasts because Hell not yeah. not only do you have one podcast now, you also Dan Cable presents, which we're on. Dan Table presents Cable presents slash Middle Class <laughs> Rockstar. But you also yeah, have between the pipes. You're a huge hockey fan. You play <laughs> hockey still. You're a goalie with all the gear yeah. and everything. And then you recently started with uh, a previous guest on my podcast and yours, Andrew Harrison, another podcast called Bible Buds. And a uh, great episode of Middle Class Rockstar uh, with with Andrew Harrison. Yes, I really enjoyed. It was fun to listen to you to chat. Um, I think that's the best. When you can put on a podcast and you know both of the people involved and it starts to feel like every any other podcast that you listen to. Yeah. That's where it's really at. Like yeah, that was that was a very cool experience for me to get to listen to that just because I it was it was about some things that I didn't even know about Andrew, like some of his trajectory of where he got to. But um I love that. Yeah, man. Messing with some other podcasts. I honestly haven't done Between the Pipes in about a year, so I I don't want to take any credit for that. I did put out four episodes last year, and I hope to it has a return in uh, at some point because I do love hockey, and uh, yeah, I play some beer league hockey usually a couple nights a week. That's probably the thing that's got me most bugged out about this quarantine life is not being able to play hockey a couple nights a week is fucking. It's uh it's messing with me a little bit but uh <clears throat> so I haven't done that yeah in a, in a hot minute but this Bible Buds podcast that I've with been doing great, with a great great lo- I love the the cover Dude I love got to shout out my my friend Chris Spicer who's been a guest on the Dan Cable Presents podcast with his band Camp Crush a couple times and just someone that I met real early on moving up to Portland um one of the one of my first uh friends up here uh he did the logo for us but uh yeah the the so the premise for this thing which was pretty much just this stone thought that i had a couple times that i thought it would be 
really great to start this podcast in which uh, it just gets super baked and uh, you know smoke some of that so smoke some of that reefer and then uh, do a little Bible study almost you know I grew up cat I I grew up Catholic yeah me too and uh, nothing militant. Uh, in my house, you know, I usually went to church most Sundays with my yeah. with my mom, and uh, but never really had a strong connection to it. It was just kind of part of my my family's culture. You know, you went to church on Sunday. I was Catholic or whatever, and um, yeah, and then just kind of skipped out on religion for a while, and uh, just always kind of had uh, some spiritual curiosity, though for sure, and. Uh, I I told Andrew about this one night. I was like, dude, I just want to do this podcast where you and I get super ripped and we talk about the Bible because I know that he grew up religious and a um, little more um, into it than I was. He he knows way more about the Bible than I do. Like he's very familiar with it where I am. I am not at all. This is kind of like my first time going through. So what we do is we, we pretty much do a Bible study and, and more or less we we pick a uh, part of the Bible to both read and then we get together and we, um, and we discuss what we have read and we get super baked before. And we have these, these stoned conversations with each other about the Bible and it's been fun, man. We're just like kind of attacking it from a, a non-Christian perspective. Neither of us identify that way, both spiritually curious and we're not really trying to necessarily tear it down and poke holes because it's pretty easy to do with something that's so like far out as the Bible. Yeah. Um, but we're, you know, we're just seeing what kind of truths we can pull out of it for ourselves and, and just getting each other's interpretations is, is funny sometimes. And, uh, just, I don't know, we're, we're probably attacking it a little more mystical and, and psychedelic <laughs> than anything else. You know, we're just, right. There's there's usually at least two moments in each episode where we're just like, yeah, and this is where Jesus is on his psychedelic trip, you know, and and uh, make some reference to that. But we've also uh, the last couple episodes we've had guests on. And that's a big goal for us is to to have some people on to talk about their experiences, whether they identify as a Christian or any other religion currently or they well, do had not. Andrew's it's, brother on, right? Dude, Andrew's brother was so sick to have on because he's this PhD in religious studies. He knows religious a whole studies. lot about the Bible. So much. And that's the cool thing is like we've had guests on the last couple of weeks and both of them have uh, really informed my perspective now of reading it as I go forward. I have these little pieces of knowledge to kind of like take with me to the next episode. So... That's been really cool, man. It's really just us fucking around. We probably have like 10 people that are paying attention to it right now. And it's it's just so fun to start something like that and not have any expectations. That's where like it's all like I don't care if anyone listens to it. It's super fun to get together with Andrew every week and do this thing. It's an excuse to so. hang out with your buddy. And, and it's I, it was funny the way you just described it because I was actually going to ask. I can't tell. I've known you guys for a long time, and I, I I know yeah I've just I've known you both for a while, especially Andrew, and I've known you know I've I've seen him go through different phases spiritually, you know even though we've had several years of being rather disconnected, um, 
I've seen this over time, and I was trying to listen as if I didn't know either of you. And I and I thought if I didn't know either of you, it would be sometimes hard to tell if you guys are deeply religious and just talking about it in like an acid trip sort of way, or if you're ripping on the Bible. And that's what was so funny about it is you just, you can't like, there was, you guys are just talking about the Bible high and, and that's what's beautiful about it. Um, you know, and when you hear a familiar Bible story, I mean, it, it reminds me of drunken history a little bit, you know, (laughs) <laughs> we're just like so like Cain and Abel you know the brothers one of them killed the other one and I, and, yeah. I, and I loved it I just thought it was uh, I think it's highly entertaining my podcast <laughs> listening has gone way way down because in quarantine I go running every morning and I listen to music I got to listen to a beat but I'm not yeah. driving 100 miles a day anymore so I haven't listened to a podcast right. in 4 weeks to be honest anybody's yeah no, that makes total sense. If I wasn't going, I'm still going to work every day. And if I wasn't, I would probably be listening to a lot less podcasts. It's probably good for people that I'm still going to work because if I wasn't, dude, I would just be putting out like five podcast episodes a week. That's all I would be doing. It would just be <laughs> podcasting. I, I I like recording conversations probably to a fault. Like my cousin and I just rebooted this this podcast that we started before I started Dan Cable presents called uh, I dig records where we do like, he picks a record. I pick a record. We both listen to it and we discuss, and then we play the record in the background during certain parts for, for context and whatnot and play a couple jams off the record. But uh, we just started doing that and I released the first episode of it. I'm just putting it in my Dan Cable presents feed and I'm going to try and release one every other week while he's just sitting at home doing nothing. But yep. he was telling me the other day, he's just like, I love that both of us really enjoy spending our time hanging out with the mics on. Like we're just both really into just recording all these conversations that we're having. So Yeah. Oh, it's it's a blast. It's a it's blast. super fun. Um, I, I wanted to mention, too, before I forget, I— in terms of Bible buds, Andrew's first two EPs that came out when he was in high school, and I have copies of both of them, are both uh, very uh, spiritual albums or religious albums. You know, oh really? I mean, they were like Christian Christian albums. Yeah, you have you have those? I have them. Oh, please do send them over. <laughs> he definitely hasn't shown me these these records, so I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to like surprise him. Um, on maybe a, a future episode of Bible Buds and be like, dude, I just want to first start this episode off by talking about some early music that you put out and, and just talking about that. That'd be Play that'd a be track, play great. Elohim, Ooh. just play it. Oh, dude, I would love that so much. Yeah. Um, so what's your, what it, what have you been dur- doing during this quarantine? Because you're somebody that plays so many shows every year. You're on the road a lot gigging all year and now you're in this spot where you can't play live shows and i know that i've been talking to a lot of musicians that aren't finding a lot of like aren't really finding this inspiring in a way where they're writing a bunch of tunes right now um where are you at with things right now i'm inspired a thousand percent and i'm making i'm making the best (laughs) i'm making the best of the time um 
no doubt it sucks, but I'm making the best of it, and I'm enjoying certain aspects of it, and that's what I'm focusing on. First off, the important thing is everybody's health and safety. So um, when it's a life-or-death situation for so many people, your agenda means nothing. It's no longer important, and I and I respect that, and that's how it should be. Um, but that aside, this is how it is. I'm sitting in my room, and you're sitting in yours. Um, the live thing, the not being able to pl- uh, play live totally stinks. Uh, music keeps me up at night and gets me out of bed in the morning. And I I wanted to be a musician because I wanted to play live. I listened to CDs and pictured myself as the guitar player or the lead singer or the keyboard player, and I pictured myself in front of all those people as if it was me singing the song. And if it weren't for the live performance aspect, I wouldn't be doing music. I didn't. We didn't have YouTube when I was a little kid or a bunch of social media, so I didn't necessarily grow up in the age of I'm going to be an Instagrammer, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I, everything I do to promote myself is to get more people out to my live shows. So that, that stinks. We were supposed to, we'd be in Canada right now. We had uh, I invested a lot in this Canadian run, um, and we have uh, people up there that come see us that feel like family. and um, So that stinks. But I'm home. I've been spending a lot of time in the studio. I've been working on album tracks with the band that are incomplete. Um, I've been doing... I did a Graceland cover that we're finishing up. That's a totally different arrangement where I collaborated with a percussionist. I played all the instruments except for the percussion, and it's it's fun. I'm teaching Zoom lessons every day, so I'm getting uh, I'm getting to still see my students, and that's been a fun experience doing the online lesson thing. And I've been writing. I've written uh, I've been written several songs in here. And even when a song doesn't come out, I'm still writing stuff down um, because this is such a bizarre situation. And and yeah. I'm spending quality time. You know, my girlfriend and I just moved into this place right as the quarantine started. And our day is planned around our meals, which has never happened. It's a, it's a quick grab Taco Bell between lessons. I'm home at 930 from my lesson. She's up at 6 to go teach. And we've gotten to cook together and have a drink on the porch together and watch a TV show together and I I treasure that and I realize that the, this amount of quality time is is fleeting <laughs> you know Yeah dude absolutely um you also feel like maybe this was this is kind of like the ideal perfect time in where you're at musically and this kind of geeking out on production right now that this couldn't have happened at a better time for you in some ways in some ways yes i'm i'm torn and i'm trying like i said focus on the good things yeah in the production thing i'm making content and i'm making good content and i'm working on building my socials because that's what i can do to to make a better live show when it's over so right that's good i'm a little you know i've been a little concerned lately in general and especially because this has happened i'll be 29 in august which i know is still young but i feel like once you get into your 30s it gets a lot harder to establish yourself you don't have to be big yet but it gets a lot harder to be well established and i feel like i'm not well established yet and i need to be out on the road i don't have kids yet um but i don't know what that's going to look like in five or six years and before that kind of thing happens, 
I need to be more established than I am now, and I feel like I'm losing up to a year of my prime when it talks about touring, and and that scares me, honestly, in terms of getting to where I want to be, which is an artist who sells out 500 to 1,000 cap rooms across the country. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully you can uh, establish yourself in other ways, too, as, like, leaning into the production thing and producing other artist stuff as well. I yeah. would imagine that that's, like, a great way to establish yourself moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, uh, you know, you can always, there's always a new, uh, branch to come off the tree and you just, you never know which one's gonna, I'm going to stop that metaphor. You get what I'm talking about. No. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But again, you know, in all the times I've gotten to spend time with you or talk to you about this stuff and, and just to see how you always seem to be trying to move shit forward in some way and like learn something new like it just seems like you're going to continue to do that so that you can get to where you want to be and absolutely like, I don't know that that drive is is very impressive and inspiring that you seem to like continue on with that I appreciate that no it's uh I I will and I will until the day I die no matter what <laughs> Yeah for sure man and uh I don't know it seemed like you got you had a couple pretty big shows last year playing the the Ogden theater is that how you say it yeah the Ogden? yeah the Ogden yes the Ogden yeah we've been <laughs> it's the, these last few months have been a bunch of uh cool local shows we did the Ogden with Co Wetzel um I got to do a couple dates uh in DC and Denver with Chuck Prophet who's one of my favorite songwriters I got to do a show with Brett Denon so there's been some cool stuff uh and I I almost I feel fortunate that I got in like all these badass shows within the last three or four months before, before this all happened, you know? Uh, so yeah, good. dude, because who knows what it's going to be like even when we're allowed to have shows again. Right. Like what the capacity of these shows will be like and who's willing to just go out and be in a room with a bunch of people right away. Red Rocks is gonna isn't gonna be uh, isn't gonna be doing shows next week. That's for sure. Yeah, dude. Um, how is this? Has this changed your teaching approach? much like has it been pretty seamless to just be able to do this in another room or is it really fucking hard sometimes when you want to like be able to physically show the student on the guitar or the keys well it depends on the student um there's students that are visual learners there's students where i've had them for six years and i just want to reach through the computer and grab their hands and show and place it <laughs> because because that because that's how they learn you know, they need, right. they, they, if I grab their two hands and show them the syncopation, then they just play it instantly. Um, so that thing's a little, that's a little tricky, but I think I've become a better teacher and I think the lessons have been more valuable. Um, I'm not drained from a 40 mile commute each way. Um, I have multiple camera angles set up and then I send supplementary material too. I have Marco Polo set up and I send them a video of how to play everything because I don't have to commute. I send them a quick video and uh, I think the lessons have actually gotten better and I hope that people um, can keep, I can keep doing some online lessons because it's, it's simpler in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is like, do you think that this is probably going to be more of the future of what you're doing for yourself when, when things do resume to being, you know, a little bit, 
more normalized about being able to hang out in the room with people? If I can, absolutely. If people will do it. Um, it's just a matter of the families. I love doing the online thing because it, it keeps me uh, three feet away from my refrigerator and my bed and out of my car, and I love that. I love yeah. uh, I love being close. It, it it adds a lot of productivity to my day uh, to not have to commute anywhere. So Yeah, and maybe getting to uh, give lessons to people that are – aren't really in the Denver area necessarily. You don't have to even focus on, on that demographic. You can expand out. No, absolutely. And, and uh, so what about for you? How are, um, I'm sure you're going crazy, not playing hockey. Um, yeah, are, dude, are you, sure. how's, how are you doing with all this? What's, what's been positive for you and what's been negative? So, like I said, I'm still going to a day job every day. So I feel like my situation is a little bit different than those who are really quarantined. Um, sure. So my day job can be a little stressful is just because it's uh, it's just, you know, it's different circumstances right now. And it's business is kind of unpredictable. So we're just trying to figure out what the new normal is right now. Um, but I, I am working shortened hours where we're open half of our hours now. So the the positive thing is that I have maybe an extra couple hours throughout the day um, when I get home or even before work, I go in a little later. So I'm just trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to make the most of that time. I'm trying to use that to do the stuff that I would like to do, you know, like doing these extra podcast episodes with my cousin or, you know, Andrew and I are like on a weekly thing with our Bible Buds podcast. It. So like we're already we've already kind of like committed to this weekly release. So there's like that's going on, but yeah, I'm just trying to also, you know, I'm trying to appreciate things slowing down because I am somebody that's out a couple nights a week playing hockey. And I'm usually trying to go to at least one or two shows each week. And then I, and then I have the podcast to do. So it's good for me for things to slow down a bit for sure. I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just trying to use the time wisely. I see, I see a lot of. I, there seems to be two camps of people. I see, I yeah. see these things getting posted every once in a while that say, "Hey, don't be so hard on yourself if you're not doing all those things that you said you wanted to do while you're in quarantine." When you had time, yeah. And yo, I appreciate that, and like you shouldn't necessarily like put addition, like make it an overwhelming thing for yourself, you know, because I think that that can lead to other mental health things where where it becomes really overwhelming but also you're sitting if you're really at home for these three four weeks six weeks if it becomes that and you're not doing shit that you wanted to do like i i don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense to me either like uh yeah like but i'm also i have learned that i'm somebody that ties self-worth to my productivity so like i also have to realize that for myself but man if i was at home during this quarantine like i said I, this is good for people i'd be just i would just be doing so many podcasts so, so you're in that camp you're in the same camp as i am you're in that yeah dude i would just be people. like trying to do shit like right now yeah. i'm trying to even still find out how to be productive i'm trying to i'm fucking trying to figure out how to not get fat while I'm not playing hockey. I'm like trying to, you know, you're doing a great job by you keep up that morning run, which is like that impresses the fuck out of me because I just, 
I'm not a great runner and it's, it's hard for me to want to do something like that. So it's nice that, that you have like, that's part of like your normalized exercise, right? That's where I forget about life and I don't even realize I'm running. I just listen to music, but it's right now. And I've always been a big runner, but now in quarantine, it's a big deal for me because that's my big outing for the day. You know, yeah, it's, that, that's it's like, nice. all right, I'm gonna, I'm going to the mall. <laughs> I'm not, re- I'm going on my run. <laughs> yeah, and like I got to figure out how to take a walk. You know, like put put a joint together and at least take a walk. Got to, you know, yes, just <laughs> do it. You just do it every um, day. Go go walk by the river or whatever it is. Yeah, man. Um, I know you you gotta probably get rolling here. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, uh, do you have a final question? I have a final question. Um. No, man, I think that like you've you've definitely, you know, these are the things that I wanted to talk to you about. I just wanted to see how you've remained your productivity. And like I, I assume that you were going to be in that camp of the one that the ones that like really try to use this as a time to grind and and try to figure out how to restructure some things for yourself during this time, I would imagine. Absolutely. Just how you can be more efficient, more effective with what you're doing. And it's it's so sick that you're leaning into like the production and getting more comfortable with engineering stuff. Like, I think that's just going to be so rad for you moving forward and, and also getting to use those tools with other people and not just your own productions. Cause right. like you said, that's obviously going to reveal pieces to you and inform your own songwriting down the road too. Absolutely. Um, it- as far as the getting things done, you're in, you're in the same boat as me. And I, I feel guilty at night when I, don't accomplish everything I want to. And, you know, it's for sure, man, because I, I feel like we need to take full advantage of this time because we probably won't have another time in our lives where we can sit around this much. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a valuable time. And I, and I just, every night when I go to bed, I think about how much more stuff there is to do. It's never ending, but that's, that's what keeps it exciting. Right. (laughs) Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, as as an influencer, what what should art what should artists be doing right now? In your opinion, um, we're not we're not playing live shows. Should what should artists be doing? Should everybody have a podcast? Should everybody be live Yo. streaming? So that's where I'm going to take it. Um, I think, in my opinion, one of the things that the comedians of the world of the world have done such a great job with is starting podcasts and uh, so that people can get to know them. And I think that gives the people a reason, more of an attachment to go to their shows when they're coming through town. Yeah. Even if it is like on an independent, more independent level. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that more musicians haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, and I know some, some are, and there's probably more than I, know of and also like i understand that the podcast market is incredibly saturated uh there's thousands of podcasts going new ones every single day and it's really hard to get any visibility but i don't know i think the more you can get like engaged with people on a level where maybe you're just having conversations or and it doesn't have to be long i don't think i think it can be like a shorter form thing even if it's like a 15 minute thing that you put out every week um i think that's definitely a helpful thing, you know. I think podcasts are becoming more and more mainstream every day, um, and uh, I think it's a 
a cool way to approach things, but I think the same thing can probably be like get accomplished by going on Instagram live and just like trying to interact with, uh, with people, um, there, but also, I don't know, be authentic with it. You know, if, if you don't feel like you're somebody that wants to be in front of a microphone and interacting on that way, then I think that's fine too. You know, just figure out like, still just lean into the stuff that you are about. And if you're just about making music, then figure out how to like make really high quality sounding live stream stuff right now, or like figure out how to put a song out once a week or something, or, you know, whatever's going to keep people engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> that's great. That was a whole lot of, that was a whole lot of advice. That was for a lot. lot of people. That was a lot. Yeah. Also like, yeah, I don't know if you really need my advice, you know, I'm over here working Absolutely. a day job and shit. So <laughs> dude, you, you've got, you've got the life, you've got it mapped out. Um, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm, you know, doing what I can with what I got and just trying to like, like you, I'm just trying to keep moving shit forward and figuring out how to, strategize the mind doesn't often go quiet on me so yeah right right well um so much fun fucking catching up with you though dude man I'm sorry that those... it's been so long we we I had know. this we had this goal to do this monthly this monthly phone conversation that we probably have to like figure out how to reboot in some ways but i'm stoked that we uh we connected again yeah it's uh your audio just got really weird on those last two sentences. Hopefully that's not in the recording. We'll find out. <laughs> well, it's definitely not in my recording okay. over here. You send me, so that's you send me yours and I'll send you mine. mine. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah. Say we're doing every, we're doing everything online now. <laughs> uh, you're, you're one of those people. Uh, you're one of those people I don't get lunch with often enough. You know? It's <laughs> uh, yeah. Likewise, dude. No, but you're also one of those people that like there's, I mean, I've connected with a lot of people doing this podcast and it's been cool, but it's, uh, I think I've also gained like some pretty cool friendships out of it with, with people that like I would hang out with if I wasn't two States away. Like I've just, uh, I, I value your time and getting to hang with you, Andy. You're a cool dude. Hey, a hundred percent. I, I wish it. Likewise, uh, I always have so much fun with you, and it's I, again. I wish we got to do it more often. We have to bring back the monthly, the monthly convo, and we have to yeah, make buddy. sure we have to make sure to be on each other's podcasts like annually. I think that's been a thing. Yeah, or even fuck it, it can be more than annually. You know, let's do it. It can be whatever, whatever it needs to be. You know, maybe we'll just have, I'll just we'll just have another podcast. We'll have our own podcast called the monthly. The mo and, oh, there uh, you go, there you go. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm going to play my episode out with uh, one of your more recent singles, which is uh, Still My Girl, which you have like this really cool lyric video for with the stick people. I feel like you're you're always pushing the creativity with those with those videos, man. I think that's really great. So it took me way too long to make, but it is. But it's cute. Check it out. <laughs> um can i get you to say the tagline the it's a program i was ju i was just gonna say uh i need to say it on mine and yours uh for today and i want to point out i don't know if you remember this that i fucked up the tagline last time uh that's likely yeah 
<laughs> yeah, yep. I I don't know if I'd had uh, too many four. You had too many drinks in that, many four in that bar before you hit the stage. Yeah, yeah. That that was very likely. But I said you were on the road last time. I said that's a program, and uh, well, it's it's a program. Yeah, that is not a program, but it is. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to redeem myself today. It's a program. Hell yeah. Uh, I appreciate getting to be a ghost, uh, a guest, a ghost. I appreciate to get to get to be a ghost on your uh, on your program. You're not a ghost. We're going star. we're going uh, we're doing visuals for the first time ever. <laughs> we're giving it a go. Um yeah, dude, I appreciate the fuck out of the hang. I'll definitely put all the links in the episode notes so people can follow along with you. And uh I'm going to play this uh this episode, this episode 210 of Dan Cable Presents out with uh, Still My Girl and from Andy And episode 30-something for me. Hell yeah, dude. This <laughs> is so much fun. And uh, that's the Jelly Jams. And we'll catch you on the flip side, Portland, or wherever the hell you're listening from. Be safe out there. All right. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Sure, appreciate it. That was Middle Class Rockstar, my conversation with Dan Cable. Be sure to check out his podcast, Dan Cable Presents. Also check out Bible Buds with Andrew Harrison, a previous guest on this podcast. If you like what you're hearing, it really helps me out a lot if you go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. That's what helps it get out to more people. Or wherever you listen to your your podcast is fine. If you have any suggestions of... Uh, artists to have on or people in the industry or whoever uh, you can email me at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com you can also reach out for any questions comments, concerns, hate mail, death threats etc thanks so much for joining me and I hope to hope to hear from you, see you, hug you very soon, take care